today's episode of the Two Legit Sports Podcast, we're going to be talking about this sports-filled weekend. Folks, what about all this action that was going on? I cannot believe it. Let's take it from the top. I had to do it. I hosted a UFC fight party for UFC 229. I dropped some videos on the on the YouTube channel. Just go on YouTube and type in Two Legit Sports. I broke down the big fights with my reactions. So go on and check those out. Um, but I will be dropping my Khabib McGregor breakdown at the end of this podcast because it was nuts. The beginning, the middle, and the end. I will be covering all that. That will be at the end of today's show. But we're going to be talking some MLB playoffs. It's going down in the MLB playoffs. We have some teams eliminated. Just watch the Yankees get beat down by the Sox. Uh, get to that in a moment. M- NFL week. NFL week in review. With the Monday night blowout. And of course the NBA preseason. I got the Suns and the Warriors right now on my screen. Steve Kerr just got ejected for absolutely no reason. This referee is handing out tags. He teed up Steph Curry. Why are they trying to eject these guys? It's a preseason game. You got fans who probably cannot afford or cannot go to regular season games. So they're coming and checking out Steph and and Durant. So what's the deal? Why are we calling up tees? Kerr is gone. He's getting high fives. He's acting like he didn't want to be there anyway. So no biggie. Speaking of the Suns, we'll be discussing them deeply very shortly. Other than that, let's drop some music and I'll give you my quick take on the MLB playoffs. The Sox and the Yankees, it's 2-1 Boston. They have a chance to finish it today in Yankee Stadium. It's going to be a tough call. I'm going to say the Yankees win. They're going to force a Game 5 at Fenway Park on Thursday. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. There's no way the Yanks go down. I mean, there's not much to say about this game. They got. They came in there and they got their ass kicked. There's no, they, were, they were not making noise. They were falling asleep in the crowd. They were leaving early. They were trying to get home. They were, they were, not, they were not trying to be there in that, in that weather. Trying to watch the Yankees get destroyed. You know, I watched it until about the second inning, and then I just heard the explosion go down. It just, it just, it was not a pretty sight. J.D. Martinez said, forget about it. We're done here. Speaking about forget about it, we're done here. The Brewers swept the Rockies. They went into Coors Field, won 6 nothing. They're moving on the NLCS, and they'll be hosting the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers, who will now be in their third straight NLCS. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Big Dodgers guy. The Braves won game three. Today was game four. Machado got an RBI. He, we got one nothing on the board real quick. It was one nothing until about, what, the fifth? And then Kurt Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki pinch hit. The catcher, he brought in two. It was 2-1. And then all hell broke loose because Puig stole second. I remember that. And then a base hit by David Freese, a pinch hit clutch single by David Freese. He hit it up the middle, made it 3-2. And then all of a sudden, Manny Machado said, let's go home, everybody. I got to get back to L.A. I got dinner reservations tonight. 
I gotta be in LA. Let's go. Let's make it happen. And Machado hits the three-run bomb, and it's all but over at that point. Six to two. Oh! And Dave Roberts just goes for the jugular, brings in Kelly Jansen in the ninth. And it's a rappy rap. The Dodgers and the Brewers, the NLCS, begins on Friday. I will be giving a prediction and a breakdown of game one on Friday's show. The remaining series, the Astros and the Indians, boy, that ended quick. The Astros swept the Indians. The Indians were up. The Indians looked like they had a chance to win game three. And then the Astros said, nah, we're good. We're just, we just going to explode on y'all. And I noticed the Astros do that. I watched some Angel games here in L.A. And they just randomly come in the seventh inning or in the eighth inning. And they just drop nine runs on you. Like, they just do that. For no, like, I don't know why. Like, they were saving their game breaker. Like, this is NBA Street or something. They saved it their game breaker. And they drop it all in the seventh and the eighth. The Astros now await the winner of the Yankees and the Sox. Boy, that was a stinker. Drew, the highlight was Drew Brees hugging his family on the sideline. That was the highlight of the show. He broke the passing record. They stopped the game. Everything came to a screeching halt for Drew Brees. He deserved it. He was so underappreciated in San Diego. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a great role model, a great family man, family man, family man. He's a great family man. And now he's the all-time passing leader. Good for Drew Brees. Back to the game. It was a stinker. They blew out the Redskins. The Washington R's. The R-words. Back to the game. The Saints blew out the R-words. And the NFC East all lost this week. Brutal, brutal week for the NFC East. And the Saints look amazing on offense, as always. Rest of week five, I was eight and seven this week in, the, in these games. A little bit better than 500. Solid, solid week. I did not have the Saints owning the, the Washington like that. I thought Washington was going to sneak this game out for some reason. Coming off a bye. Coming off a bye, Washington got smoked. Ouch. New England crushed Indianapolis. Had that. That was an easy victory. Kansas City and Jacksonville. Can we talk about Patrick Mahomes? They're calling him the Steph Curry of the, of the NFL. He can launch it 80 yards. Just pew, He just lets it go. It's 80, 85 yards in the air. It's unbelievable. Tyreek Hill just sprints to the very end and catches it. And Jacksonville had no answer for all these weapons. Kelsey, Hill, Hunt, and Mahomes. Just what an offense. And Blake Bortles was Blake Bortles. He's got these moments where he looks he looks AFC championship level and then he has games like this. But I believe he had 400 yards and four interceptions. Hey, he was racking it up. They, they, they wasn't going to his guys all the time, but he was racking it up. Kansas City looks like the monsters of the AFC. They will be tested this Sunday night when they go to New England. Chiefs and Patriots are going to be a great game. Cleveland! Over Baltimore, that was my that was my hopeful pick, and I'm so happy Cleveland pulled it off. They got into overtime again. I was hoping there would not be uh, two overtime or two ties rather on their record, but Cleveland they won it on a clunker. Like, did you see the field goal that this guy kicked? He kicked a clunker, and it went in, 
and they won 12-9. No touchdowns for you, ma'am. And Cleveland won. Baker Mayfield led the way. Good for Baker. Good for Hugh Jackson, who seems like sometimes he's trying to lose games. But now they're what, 2-2-1? Two, two and one? Good for Hugh. They could probably they could have been 4-1, and 5-0 and oh possibly if things went their way. But it's Cleveland, so they should be happy they're 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Tennessee and Buffalo. I thought Tennessee was going to beat Buffalo, and they did not. Tennessee looked very inconsistent on offense, and Buffalo, man, who knows what Josh Allen does. Josh Allen is out of control, but he's great at the same time. I love it. Just let him keep doing his thing, and Buffalo got the W. Carolina and the Giants, which was a sneaky good game to watch. It came down to a 63-yard Graham Gano field goal. For the victory. Shout out to Graham Gano winning the game. And the Giants take another L. Brutal. And Odell, who is the leader of the team, stood up. Was questioning the offense. Needs to air it out a little longer. And I agree And I agree with him. There's so much talent. They got Saquon and Odell. Odell's out here throwing touchdown passes better than Eli. It's hard to admit that Eli may be done. But if this team gets another high pick... In next year's draft, why wouldn't they consider trading that pick to Seattle, maybe, if Seattle tanks and they got they want to trade Russell Wilson for the bag? Get Russell Wilson on the New York Giants. As far as Carolina goes, good victory. Way to take that victory at home. Hey, Cam was stoked, man. He, he, he was happy. He was, he was really loving his kicker at the end, and he had a great quote where he said, he, your quarterback is only as good as his kicker. The Jets beating the Broncos. Sam Darnold was out there throwing rockets and dimes. Got to give it to him. Shout out to the Jets for winning Denver. Golly, John Elway. Are we not going to talk about John Elway and his not-so-great attempt at rebuilding a Super Bowl champion? I mean, Peyton Manning is gone, and he has not done a great job whatsoever in, in keeping this team in contention. They got top defensive players, okay, but they just cannot figure out the quarterback. Broncos fans, don't let John Elway off the hook. Pittsburgh over Atlanta. Atlanta looks done. They are not making the playoffs this year. Pittsburgh with a bounce-back victory. I really thought Atlanta was going to put it together and win this game. But Pittsburgh showed out. They showed heart. A.B. went off. Roethlisberger did his thing, even though he, he missed some throws, but he did his thing. And all in all, it was a good... And James Conner did his thing as well. So great, great day for the Pittsburgh offense. Atlanta, oh boy. Lions beat the Packers after Green Bay started 24-0 in the hole and Aaron Rodgers decided to play in the second half. He did his thing, but it was not enough. I thought the Packers were going to win. It was not the case. If Mason Crosby would have made some field goals, it would have been Gucci. But that's a very rare occurrence that Mason Crosby is going to mess up like that. Cincinnati over Miami. I thought this was an easy pick. This could have been a lock right here. Miami was broken by New England, and I think they're done. They may have just lost the division and lost everything. All momentum is gone in South Beach. They're trying to get rid of Devontae Parker. The Dolphins are free-falling. The Chargers beat the Raiders. The Raiders 26-10. Wow, I thought the Raiders were going to come out and drive some offense on the Chargers, and the Chargers were going to charge her. However, LAC, the Clippers of the NFL, got the W over the Raiders. The crowd was about 70-30 Raider fans. Didn't matter. They didn't have to use a silent count. Chargers got the victory. Arizona beating San Francisco. And look, the injury bug has infected Silicon Valley. The 49ers with McKinnon and Garoppolo with Goodwin. And Breida got hurt in the first quarter. 
They still put up almost 500 yards of offense over what, 447. Damn. But they just a lot of turnovers. And Arizona got their first win of the year. Shocker. I thought San Francisco was going to roll, which they did. They just couldn't, they couldn't stop turning over the ball. They turned it over, what, five times? Woof. Brutal. Big primetime game of the week. The Rams heading to Seattle. I had the LA Rams winning. I'm sure everybody had this game as a lock, and Seattle gave us a scare, folks. They came to play. They came to play. 33-31 LA Rams. Let's fast forward to the fourth quarter. It's been, it was a tight game the whole time, okay? Marcus Peters got burned for two touchdowns. He got torched. You got to see the footage. Of Mar- I love you, Marcus Peters. I love the way you play. You're an all-pro, but you got torched this game. Sorry. But that's how, you, you, you overshadow it with awesome interceptions, but this game you got torched. When Talia comes back, you'll be back in your monster slot. I can feel it. I can feel it. Try, I can feel it. But back to this game. Fourth quarter. Fourth and one. They're about to punt. Pete Carroll calls a timeout. And then Sean McVay grabs his balls and puts them on the table. And No, he ran, he ran to the 50 and put them on the 50. And he said, I'm going for it. Fourth and one. Quarterback sneak. And he ends the game. He trusts his team. He trusts his offense. The Rams are still undefeated. They're the best in the NFC. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. I have them winning the Super Bowl. They got a rough stretch of games, but they will survive. This team is ready to go 14-2, 15-1, something like that. Todd Gurley is the MVP right now. He is the offensive MVP. No question. Vikings visiting the Eagles. I thought the Eagles were going to show out, but Minnesota came to play. Kirk Cousins was throwing those amazing passes. He was hitting those great passes in the Thursday night game as well against the Rams. And this was a must-win for Minnesota, and they won, man. They this, It was a great game. At 300 yards for Kirk Cousins, he did the damn thing. The Eagles got to figure out what's going on with Carson Wentz. The, the offense is struggling, but I think they'll bounce back. They'll get there. The Sunday night game in the, in the, in the, in the teams who don't want to win bowl and the coaches trying to lose bowl, the Cowboys losing overtime to the Houston Texans. Look, Jason Garrett does not want to risk anything. He always punts. He's punting on third down. He's like almost like Jeff Fisher. And in the end, Houston snuck out a victory. I can't believe it. Deshaun Watson, 375 yards. DeAndre Hopkins is unbelievable, folks. He may be the best receiver in the NFL. Texans were also one of five in the inside the five-yard line of, against Dallas. Come on. Come on, Deshaun. Undisputed World Lightweight Championship on the line, Khabib Nurmagomedov, the Eagle, the Russian Bear Mauler, Nurmagomedov versus the notorious Conor McGregor. This fight started over a man named Artem Lobov. Okay, Artem was cornered in New York, I believe, by 15 of these Dagestani guys with Khabib. They cornered him, they questioned him. They shook him down a little bit, rubbed his head, whatever, may have struck him, Who depends who you ask. So then the next day there's this press conference, everybody's gathered up, and then Connor flies in, he loads up a private jet with all of these, all of these guys, all of his friends and pals, flies them into Brooklyn, and attacks a bus where Khabib and his trainer 
and other people are on, where there's other fighters, there's other women, there's media, UFC employees, whatever you have. Connor sprints in, they keep, they try to attack the bus, they try to get Khabib off the bus, they try to get Khabib off the bus. So Connor's guys rush the bus where Khabib is on, they try to get him to come off the bus. As Connor says, he showed his hands to show he was not armed. Khabib would not come off the bus. Then Connor went and grabbed a dolly and threw it through the window. Glass shattered everywhere, glass got into Ray Borg's eyes, Michael Chessia got cut. Rose Namajunas was sitting right there, but was not hurt, but was definitely shook from the whole thing. Then they take off, all the 15 guys take off, they run up the, the loading dock, where the buses were, they run away from that, and they shoot back up the main street, all hop in cars and, and, and take off. They disappear. Their passports were taken away. Connor eventually turned himself in. So this fight has all been built up because of the, of, the, of the Dolly incident. You can't go anywhere, as I said in the last podcast, you can't go anywhere without seeing Connor throwing, going, ah, and throwing that Dolly through the, through the bus. That built the fight. That carried the fight promotion. Okay, fight was signed. Now we have the fight. No media from any of these guys throughout the whole thing, right? This was a very quiet, it was all through... Uh, you know, video and digital and all this other stuff, number one bullshit and the press conference in New York where they got really close and Connor went nuts, very emotional, what have you. And then they had the press conference, this weird press conference on Wednesday where Khabib was there for 14 minutes and then he left. Connor showed up with his proper 12 whiskey, held down the floor, answered questions. We get to the entrances, Connor's music drops, there's smoke coming out of the octagon. I thought The Undertaker was coming out for a second. The Undertaker was going to come out, or Connor was coming out from under the ring. They cut to Connor. His music was playing. And, you know, he was, he was doing his faces. He was doing his gorilla walk, his stare down. He wasn't really, he wasn't really the Connor from the Alvarez fight or the Diaz fight. The, 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 the focus in the walks. There was, no, there was not as much focus. He walked to the octagon. He had his hands up. He entered. And then he did his walk. He did his super billionaire Vince McMahon walk in the smoke. He entered. Then came Khabib Nurmagomedov, stone face killer. This man comes from Dagestan, a war-torn area where he wrestled bears, okay? He, this guy is friends with a genocidal warlord. I should have taken this all into account when I was picking this fight. I picked Connor to knock him out. Khabib came out stone faced. what have you. Just nothing, just nothing on his face. Came in, entered the octagon. Connor had a four-inch reach advantage on Khabib, but that's about it. As I said on the previous podcast, there was five ways this fight would end, okay? Based on combination of statistics and probability. Number one was a Khabib mauling for 10 to 20 minutes. Number two was the Connor knockout early. Number three was a Connor decision, like similar to Diaz. Number four was a Khabib decision. And then number five was a draw, 10-8 random round in there, right? I picked door number two. I had Conor McGregor by early knockout. I thought Conor was going to time him coming in. I thought Khabib was going to get very emotional and into the spectacle as well. And he was going to really buy into the big fight, sort of what Eddie Alvarez did. Just really get into the moment. He was talking trash in the open workouts, right? So I thought he was really buying into it. But he was not buying into it, ladies and gentlemen. Conor McGregor and Khabib Magomedov stared down and Khabib was still stone face killer. The fight starts... 
and Conor McGregor just takes the center of the ring. He takes the center of the ring and he tries to be super aggressive with Khabib Nurmagomedov, trying to corner him and trying to force him, force him into action because Khabib is a counter, is a counter guy. Okay, and Khabib is not a fast starter, doesn't really get going in the first first round, second round. So Khabib was trying to force, I'm sorry, rather, Connor was trying to force Khabib's hand. And you know, when you corner somebody, the animal instinct takes over. So Khabib eventually shot for the takedown and Connor was semi-stuffed it, semi-stuffed it, but eventually got the takedown. Okay, and it was, it was basically Khabib's round. Connor wasn't really landing anything on the feet as well. Just, just feeler, feeler, trying to grab and trying to catch, but nothing really have you. Khabib won that round 10-9. Okay, that was a very easy Khabib 10-9 round. Not a lot of energy was wasted by Conor McGregor. He didn't use a lot of energy trying to get up. He didn't use, um, Khabib didn't really weigh himself on Conor throughout that round. So it was not a, it was not a very cardio-heavy round for Conor. So I, we all expected Conor to come out hotter, you know what I mean? Kind of a rope-a-dope strategy, trying to, lead, trying to save his energy for a five-rounder, try to squeeze out a decision maybe. Second round begins and it starts on the feet, obviously, and Conor McGregor is looking comfortable on the feet. He's got his hands out, he's got his ninja pose, his fencer, his fencer counter-striker style. And then Khabib comes in and what pow! Khabib Nurmagomedov lands an overhand right, right to the jaw of Conor, and he stuns him. The wrestler folds. The wrestler folds the striker. And Conor is on Clear Street for a second. He's trying to figure out where he is. And Khabib is trying to bum rush him and take him down, which he does. And oh boy, here comes the mauling. Khabib is all over him, passing the guard, trying to land punches. Boom, boom, boom. And he was landing punches in bunches. With about two minutes left in the fight, we're all going, holy shit, this was definitely a 10-8 Khabib round. Okay? 10-8 Khabib. Punching, punches in bunches, landing on the jaw. And he was, Connor was still slightly moving. He was having his hands up and moving. They did, Herb Dean was doing everything not to stop this fight. Khabib was throwing and landing. Connor eventually grabbed a, grabbed a hold of him. And, you know, did Khabib gas himself out? He survived the round. Did we think Khabib was gassed? Did we think Khabib let everything out right there in that second round trying to finish Connor McGregor? They went back to the corners. It's, you know, what is it? 2-0 on the scorecards, but a 10-8 in the second round for Khabib. If you look at the corner, they seemed a little frantic, and the commentary team pointed that out as well. That they were yelling at Sharkson's at him to do this and do that, and they were, it is a big fight and a big moment, but Khabib was, was dominating the fight so far. He dominated the early rounds. Third round comes, and Conor McGregor is, seems to get a jolt of energy, landing on the feet, landing an uppercut, landing some shots to the body, some push kicks as well, as I, as I thought he was going to do. Won about four minutes of that round, and then Khabib took him down, was passing his guard, landing punches, throwing elbows. Connor was getting dirty, feet in the cage, grabbing Khabib's gloves. Khabib was very angry about this. He was complaining to him. He was yelling obscenities at Connor. He was yelling at Herb Dean. The round ends, and I give the round to Connor McGregor because he had a majority of the round. Khabib, however, did have more ground damage and the takedown, although. Connor stuffed multiple takedowns as well in that round. I would not be mad if Habib had every round on the cards, but I had a 2-1 Habib at that point. Habib was yelling and complaining to the ref, yelling and complaining to Connor's corner, not really paying attention to his corner. Joe Rogan was freaking out. He could not believe what was going on. He was like, he needs to focus on his corner. Fourth round hits. 
And I, I thought the, the tide was going to turn in favor of McGregor. McGregor came out a little with a little more pep in his step in this fourth round. And Khabib was a little more flat for the first minute of this, of this round. Connor was coming, 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 throwing punches, trying to land lots of body shots, lots of body work. Khabib eventually got the takedown and worked his way, working, trying to get a Kimura, trying to get an arm triangle, and then eventually worked his way to the back and got the rear naked choke. Connor taps in the fourth round. And Khabib is just still so angry, just filled with emotion. Okay, just, just filled with just, this man talked about his religion, his family, his country, his, his political affiliations, his, his friends, his connections, everything. He threw everything out there, aired out his dirty laundry, aired out his manager's dirty laundry. Remember, Khabib is a very intense individual. He takes things very seriously. He don't play no games. Okay, they don't play no games in Dagestan. So he was lighting up, lighting up Connor with words, and then he takes his mouthpiece and fires it at the corner and is yelling at Dylan Dennis. And Dylan Dennis was talking that talk. He was very, he was very blah blah blah. He was very blah blah blah. He was all, he was all up in there. He was not hesitant to run his mouth. And then Habib did what I thought he'd never do. He hopped the cage. He he juked out the security. There was so much security. You could have robbed a Wells Fargo right there in, in the Southern Highlands of Vegas, okay? Because all the all the police, all of Metro, and all the security, you could have you could have probably grabbed a hundred dollar chip as well, okay? Everybody was at the T-Mobile Arena, and this and Habib still still flew by, okay? He still flew by the security, and he flying cyan stomped Dylan Dennis. At least he tried to. Looking at the video. And then if you look at this picture right here that I have up on the screen, you can see the security guard on the right side with his hands clamped like, oh my God, get away. This man, your job is security, my, my man. You need to catch Khabib Nurmagomedov. Khabib is 170 pounds. That's a girthy man right there. He's about 5'10". I get it. But you got to do what you got to do, man. You got you to gotta, you gotta put yourself. You can't have Dylan and Khabib going at it. So they started swinging at each other and they had to be police separated, right? Police and, and security separate those two. Meanwhile, after looking at the tape, Connor was trying to come out of the jump over the fence. He got held back, and then he punches a, a Khabib cornerman. That guy goes crazy. And then, and then two or three other guys jump over the fence. This man in red. I remember the man in the red sweatsuit. He comes in, and he starts throwing punches. And Connor starts getting you know haymakers thrown at him, too, after a four-round war. So chaos everywhere. The, the ring had to be cleared. Okay, Connor was Connor left the ring, and then Habib, against his will, he was very angry. He did not get his moment, uh, but he jumped the cage. So I guess there's consequences, right? If you're Habib, if you're Connor, maybe you get the moment. But the ring gets cleared. Dana White's like Vince McMahon after like a Royal Rumble, like where the Royal Rumble or like a Hell in a Cell double pin. He has the belt right there. It's not on anybody. And then Bruce Buffer announces with his amazing jacket, folks. Can we talk about Bruce Buffer's amazing jacket? He announces the winner, Khabib Nurmagomedov, people boo. Khabib is escorted out of the arena. They throw beer at him at the very end. I thought it was going to be very malice at the palace, actually, where they were just going to bombard him with cerveza. They were going to bombard him with cups and Irish flags. There was an Irish flag thrown and a couple beers, but nothing to where I thought and where the rest of us thought was going to be. It was a crazy post-fight, and that's what everybody's talking about right now on ESPN and the FS1 post-show and... You know, if this is a black eye for the sport, it's not a black eye for the sport. This is fighting. What do you expect? Good, all PR is good PR for fighters, I think. Just get your name out there and people are going to watch. It's a fight. What do you expect? It's real life sports entertainment. It's real life pro wrestling right now.
Okay, and you talk about a man's religion, his family, his country. Habib just didn't, you know, it, it was very emotional. It boiled over. He don't play that. Habib is about that life, okay? This man wrestled bears ever since he was seven, okay? War-torn civilization. Friends with genocidal warlords. And I know Conor McGregor and his team are going to say it's about, it's about the show and it's about to build up the fight, but, you know, Conor didn't want that smoke. And, you know, what do you expect? You, people wanted a gang fight, and you got a gang fight. This, was, this became more than a fight. This was Russians versus Irishmen. I'm glad this fight was at T-Mobile, where, where people just go out into the street and they go and they just separate and go to different places. Okay, Tyson Holyfield was at the MGM Grand Garden. At the MGM Grand Garden, when the fight was over, you you spill out into the casino, and, and that's just chaos with more mud, with with more alcohol and more everything. It's just everybody's in a smaller area. It's it's more of a it's it's just a bad place to be, especially in that in that kind of environment. So back to what I was saying. What did you expect was gonna happen? And people wanted a gang fight, you got a gang fight. This was brewing. Let me just say this before I go any further. I don't condone what Khabib did. He jumped a corner, man, you should never do that. Don't leave the cage. But if Conor McGregor beat Khabib and then hopped the cage and attacked his corner, man, people would be saying, oh my God, he's a gangster. People would be praising Conor McGregor. Half of the media would ask for him to have a statue in Dublin. Have you heard some of the media? And I thought I loved Conor McGregor. Woo! Connor would have been praised for this action. Habib is condemned. So now, what's next? Connor's gonna go home, cash a $70 million check, and see what he wants to do. He could fight Tony Ferguson. He could fight the winner of Nate Poirier. He could ask for GSP. He could go fight Triple G or Canelo, who knows. But he, he, took, he took the L, but he came out like the, the hero after all this, because Khabib looks really bad. So now Connor is kind of back in the driver's seat. His stock doesn't go down from this loss at all. And Habib is probably done for nine months because he attacked the cornerman. And, it, and if he can't get a visa, he's probably going to get stripped, which is horrible. He's 27 and 0. He's, an, um, he's a freak. He's a freak of nature. People know what he's going to do, and he still does it to you. But now if he gets stripped, they're probably going to do Tony and Connor. That's, that's the fight to make. And you, Or you go Nate... You go Nate Connor, or you go Nate Tony, or you go Nate Khabib. If, if that's the best case scenario for me, is if nothing happens to Khabib and everything is, is Gucci, the the other fighters take a suspension. He's the, you know he gets he gets out scot free. Nate Diaz versus Khabib would be an amazing fight. That's all I'm saying. It'd probably be more of the same. A lot of mauling, a lot of ground attack, similar to the Benson Henderson fight, where Benson dominated Nate on the ground. But I'd watch that fight. Nate's a draw, brother. Nate's a draw. Khabib GSP would be very interesting as well. That's the that's really the big money fight to make, but I don't know if he could give up the title after beating Conor. I don't know if Dana would let him do that. So maybe the strip is actually better for Khabib. Get the title strip, come back, fight GSP. Leave a comment below. Who do you think Khabib fights next, if he fights next? And what about Conor? What does he do next? Thank you, everyone, for listening to this UFC 229 post-fight show. My name is Alex Fernandez, and... Thank you for subscribing on YouTube and listening on Apple Podcasts. Before we continue on with the Too Legit Sports Podcast, I want to remind everybody to follow here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you're listening. Please subscribe and leave a rating and a re or a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and watch all the video content right here below on the playlist in the description. 
now back to our regularly scheduled program. Let's talk a little NBA. The Phoenix Suns have fired their general manager, Ryan McDonough, with about four days, eight days actually, before the season starts. Unbelievable. So about a week. They're like, you know what? Let's fire the general manager. Sarver, Robert Sarver's his name, is known to be a very hands-on owner. And he may have just realized that they have traded for Ryan Anderson, they signed Trevor Reza for way too much money, and they do not have a starting point guard. So he was probably like, holy crap, what are we doing? Let's just, let's just, oh my gosh. And he, he fired everybody. He cleaned house. He fired what? He fired McDonough and like three other guys. So now oh, going into a, a week, a week before the season, we're going into the season. There's a new coach. There's no general manager. It's very, it's very Phoenix Suns. I, this is, this is, this is very Phoenix. This is the same team that had three point guards, right? This is the same team that fired Earl Watson like three minutes into the season last year. McDonough will bounce back. He has a job in Houston for life for, with, working with Daryl Morey with all the moves he helped him with this offseason. Nobody wants to work with Sarver. He doesn't give anybody a chance, and apparently he's a huge pain in the ass. That's what people are saying. Those are not my words. This is what the people are saying about Sarver. It's been 10 years. Don't you think it's time you should uh, let it go, maybe give your operations to somebody else? Steve Nash doesn't want to do it, so that would have been the best move, but Nash still wants to just be a consultant for the Warriors. The best part of all this is they let the GM have the number one overall pick, and then they fired him. So... He drafted the cornerstone, and then, yeah, you got to go. So that's the, be- that's the best part to me. My question to you is, what are they going to do in 2020 to top all this? They fired Earl Watson, okay, last year. This year, they fired their GM. Next year, what? They trade Booker for a pick, for a number one overall pick or something? They should. They traded for, De- De- trade for DeMar DeRozan. Or so- they traded for Trey Young. Leave some comments below. The other NBA topic I want to talk about is DeMarcus Cousins. Yes, Boogie Wonderland. Yes. Hey. DeMarcus Cousins has signed a deal with Puma. Okay. Nike can can match this. I don't know if they will. But DeMarcus Cousins has signed the Puma deal. And this is a big move. I got to come up with a name for this segment because Puma is the power move of the week. They're the big move. They're the pimp of the week. They're 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 the OG of the week. They're just, they've made the big, big move this week. Puma has made the biggest move right now in the shoe game. And I will tell you why. Because Puma has guaranteed themselves TV time in the NBA Finals for at least four games. Okay? They're guaranteed for the Western Conference Finals, at least four or five games, and they got the Finals. They are guaranteed to be on Finals television. That is huge. Okay, the biggest stage and the Puma, the Clydes, whatever Boogie will be wearing, will be center stage, along with Under Armour because Steph Curry and Nike with Durant. Everybody's covered except Adidas. Adidas is a step behind in this process. They need to find somebody who's guaranteed to go to a championship every year. They got Ingram on the Lakers, who who they're probably banking on in a couple years, which is solid. But Adidas does not have anybody on Boston, I believe. Look, they got Terry Rozier as well, Puma. They're doing big things. I want to hear people's opinions on Puma's marketing and strategy and what they've done in this short amount of time to put themselves on the map. Okay, Jay-Z's on board. They got a ton of rookies. Boogie, NBA Finals. Awesome, awesome things going on by Puma. Leave some comments below. What do you think is going on with Puma and Adidas? Because Adidas, 
doesn't have any locks right now in Boston or Golden State. They got to find Clay, Anta. Shout out to Clay with his Anta deal. Wow, that was a fun podcast. Covered baseball, UFC, NFL, NBA. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Make sure to leave a rating and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't before on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Make sure to check out the videos on YouTube and Instagram. Most of the time, the content will be on there before it hits the audio experience. Once again, thank you for listening. My name is Alex Fernandez. You can find me at AFDES. Type in Two Legit Sports on any search engine, Google, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and you'll find the podcast and all my other great content. See you on Friday. Bye.